KMTT, Kimitzion, Tetzei Torah, Udvar Hashem, Yerushalayim. www.kimitzion.org Having a new week. Today is Monday. As on every Monday, today's shiur will be the shiur in the mitzvah HaShavuit, the weekly mitzvah, Harav Binyamin Tavori. This Shabbat we read Parashat Vayakel Pikudei. And before the Torah recounts the laws of the Mishkan, Moshe assembled the people and he reminded them the laws of Shabbos. And of course we know that there is a connection between the Mishkan and Shabbos and we were enjoined from building the Mishkan on Shabbos. One might have thought that the same way a person is allowed to do Malacha in the Mishkan, in the Beis HaMikdash, when we, we sacrifice, we do many things that seem to be forbidden by the laws of Shabbos. Nevertheless, they are allowed in the Beis HaMikdash, they are allowed in the Mishkan. One might have thought that you are allowed to build the Mishkan on Shabbos as well. Therefore, the Torah reminded us the laws of of Mishkan do not supersede the laws of Shabbos. We are not allowed to do Malach Shabbos. However, in Parshas Vayakel, one specific halacha is mentioned in connection with Shabbos, which raised much discussion, and that will be the topic of the Shiur. The Torah t- told us, Literally, it means you cannot burn fire in all your communities, in all your dwellings, in all your homes, on Shabbat. And obviously the issue would be, why do Chazal have to say that Lot why does the Torah have to say Lot Tevaru Eish? Eish is one of the Malachos of Shabbos. Lighting a fire is obviously one of the 39 Malachos. If the Torah generally said you can't do Malacha, so all Malachos should be included. And therefore there's no reason to say Lot Tevaru Eish. The Mechilta in one of our parsha has many different explanations of this law, the specific law of Lotvaru Eish, and we I would like to go through some of the various interpretations until we get to one which I pr- would like to elaborate upon a little bit. Lotvaru Eish, according to the Mechilta, first says that you might have thought. I might have thought that you're allowed to build the base of Mikdash on Shabbos, so the, the Torah says you're, you're not allowed. But specifically about Lotavaru Eish, it says in the Mechilta, I would have thought that you're not allowed to light candles before Shabbos. The Mechilta says it's compared to to the year of Shemitah, which is coming up soon. Bechavish v'katzir tishbot, shvut mechavish shvut hakatzir, and we learn this is referring to Shvius, to the law of Shemitah. So the Mechilta continues. Then I would have thought that. You should have Shvita from Erev Shabbat until the end of Shabbat. Namely, that a person should not have light in his house on Shabbos. The Mechilta says, no, 
That's why it says, The Easter, we are admonished, we are forbidden to light the candles Biyama Shabbat. But we obviously can have candles that are lit before Shabbos. Of course, it is well known that the Karayim really thought that a person cannot have fire light in his house on Shabbat. And they learned it from this Pasuk. Lotavaru Eish means there should not be Eish. And in the Sfarim of the, of the, uh, Karayim, Rav, many people have written that it's really Asr, Lahadlik Eish B'Shabbat, Va'af Laniach Shetivar Me'erev Shabbat. Shenema Lotavaru Eish B'Chomash Vatichem B'Yama Shabbat. In the Sefer of Mitzvos, of Anan, the Karaite, who interpreted the Torah literally, did not believe in the Masorah, the tradition of Chazal, he really thought this is the source that you're not allowed to have light on your house on Shabbos. And we learn from here the opposite is true, that you're allowed to have light on Shabbos. Not only are you allowed to have light, but we learn from here that a person should have light. Candles should be lit. And it's well known, the Balhamar said, a person who doesn't eat shont on Shabbos, person who doesn't eat hot food, I suspect him of being in a, a karoi, because that person might have really interpreted that you're not allowed to have hot food on Shabbos. So it's a Yiddish expression that, you know, a person who doesn't eat shont is almost an apikaris. So somehow that the Jewish uh, witticism is that uh, chant is so inherently part of Shabbos. The person doesn't eat Shabbos. It's a right mitzvah chant. Of course, what it really meant to say is that anybody who would interpret the Torah to mean that you're not allowed to have fire on Shabbos, you're not allowed to have hot food on Shabbos, like the Karayim did, there is a problem with his uh, emunah, with his belief in Masorah. But the Mechilta does learn, this is one of the halachas that we learn from here, that a person is allowed to have light on Shabbos. In fact, it could be that it's a source that you should have light, and you should really bench uh, Shabbos candles. We know that it's a mitzvah the Rabbanan of having Shabbos candles, but somehow it could be connected to our idea that you should have light. It's only an Easter to light the light on Shabbos. The Mechilta has another perush that a in the Beis HaMikdash a person is allowed to have to light the fire and the Havamina it seems the a priori argument might have been to do with the Eish Tamid do you light the Eish Tamid this eternal fire that is lit in the Beis HaMikdash are you allowed to light it on Shabbos and we learn from here that the same way that we're allowed to do the Karbanos on Shabbos, we're allowed to have the sacrifices and work necessary for the Beis HaMikdash, the Avodah, the Beis HaMikdash, so we're allowed to light the fire on Shabbos. Bechol Moshvatechem B'yam HaShabbat. Lo tevaru eish bechol Moshvatechem. In your Moshavim, that means your homes, your abodes, where people dwell in a Moshav, you're not, you're not allowed to light candles, you're not allowed to light fire. However, in the Beis HaMikdash, which is not considered Moshvatechem, you're allowed to have fires. The third opinion is based on a famous machlokas in the Gemara. In the Mechilta, I'm skipping the third on purpose, I'm going to the fourth interpretation of the Mechilta, is that there's a machlokas, why the Torah really specified lo tevaru eish. 
One opinion is that Lotavaru Eish came Lilav to tell me that there is no the Easter of burning light, of lighting candles, of lighting light on Shabbos, Havara, is different inherently than any other Easter. We know there are 39 Malachas on Shabbos. There are 39 concepts or divisions of labor, of Malacha, that are considered Chil Shabbos. And for the punishment for Chil Shabbos, we know, is Yerchayev Mises Bezdin. A person would be Chayev, would be required... Bezdin could actually put, impose the death penalty on someone who uh, who transgressed a malach on Shabbos, of course, with Edim and Hasra, of course, with witnesses and the proper admonishment, uh, the proper technicalities in order to enforce such a law. But technically, a person b'mezid would be chayav misa, a person intentionally was mechal Shabbos, with the proper conditions, or really the, the improper conditions, then he would be Chayav Misa. Of course, Beshogeg, if a person by mistake was Mechal Shabbos, he forgot, for example, that it was Shabbos, then he would bring a carbon. Have But they say that, according to one opinion, the Torah excluded Havara from the concept of Malacha. Came to exclude. It's true that Havar is Asr. The Torah said, But it's a love. It's not an Isur, Malacha. It's not Chayev Misa. I said two things. That it's not Chayev Misa is obviously what it means. If we say Havar then Havar came to tell me that it's a love. But I said more than that. It's not a Malacha. It's Asr on Shabbos. But in Shabbos, there might be melachos that are aser, and there might be some things that are aser, but are not considered melachos. That has ramifications for many laws, which we won't go into. But, for example, there might be an issue if a person is mechal Shabbos, so then he's considered a mumar lechal atarakula. A person who desecrates Shabbos, who does a melacha on Shabbos, is considered as if he transgressed the entire Torah, and theoretically, in practical terms, we'd have to discuss the situation today, and as well known, the opinions of the Chazonish, Rav Kook, and others about the status of people who are Mechal Shabbos in our generation, in our times. But theoretically, a person's Mechal Shabbos is a Mumer Lechal Atarukula. A person who transgresses Shabbos is theoretically considered a heretic and a violator of the entire Torah, and theoretically, we would not be allowed even to count him for a minion. But if you say, there's something that's also in Shabbos, but it's not a malacha, then perhaps he would not be a mumar. He would not be considered... It's true he would be considered a person who did an Aveira on Shabbos, but this might not be considered <coughs> a malacha. For example, a person who does a malacha on Shabbos, b'mezid, intentionally we said he could be killed. A person who does the same thing, b'shogeg, unintentionally, so he would bring your carbon. If a person did a malacha, did Havara, which is not considered a Malacha, then we might say that he's not Chayv Misa, and he's not Chayv Karban as well. That seems to be the Gemara in Yevamis, Tafelam, and Gimel Abayis, that a person would not be Chayv a Karban either, if he did a Lav on Shabbos. According to the person who says, Havara Lalav Yatsas, a person who lit fire on Shabbos, <coughs> would not be Chayv to bring a Karban. One of the other ramifications of such an opinion would be, Havara Lalav Yatsas would mean that we'd have to discuss 
what the situation would be on Yantov. The Gemara in Psachim, the Afafim mentions a, this love, Havar Lulav Yatsas, and there is a Machlokas Rishonim there, there, Rishonim there, debate <coughs> whether this would be Asr and Yantif. The fact that something is a lav on Shabbos, if something is a malach on Shabbos, then it's a malach on Yantif, and we would have to discuss if it's permitted in Yantif under the rubric of malachas on Nefesh, the laws of preparing food, which are mutter and Yantif. But if we would not discuss the Elchal Nefesh, we might say that only malachas are asr on Shabbos. But something that's a lav might be mutter on Shabbos. Or it could be that there's only an assay and not a lav. All the, there are different opinions what it would mean on Yom Tov. But certainly the issue would be raised. If Havara is a lav and not a malacha, then we would have to discuss what the status of Havara would be on Yom Tov. And I said before, there are a number of shitos there in the Gemara and Pesachim, that Vavamibes, the, the shitos are found in Rishonim. The <coughs> other opinion, the per- person who says that Havara is a regular malacha, and not lalav yatsas, but you do get the same punishment for havara that you get for any other malach on Shabbos. So that opinion would hold that havara lechalek yatsas. Havara did not come to change the nature of havara, to change the nature of the Easter of havara, but havara came to tell us that the 39 malachas are indeed 39 malachas. One might have thought that the 39 malachas basically are one law. The law of Chil Shabbos. A person cannot desecrate Shabbos. And there are different ways of how to desecrate Shabbos. But the opinion of Havar Lechalek Yatzas, it's as if it said there are 39 specific Isurim. There's Isur 1 of Choresh, another of Zoreya, another of Kotzer. All the different malachas are like an individual Isur. The opinion Avara lechalik yatsas would be have ramifications whether a person did two malachos on Shabbos whether he would have to bring one karban or two karbanos. If you say lechalik yatsas, then a person would have to bring two karbanos. It's it's not that he was mechal Shabbos twice. Once he one time he did havara and one time he did let's say kof kosev. So therefore he'd be high of two. Two karbanos. If he theoretically did bemezid uh, two malachas, he theoretically would be chayev misa twice. He'd be chayev uh, the death penalty. Obviously, can only be imposed once, but theoretically, he would be chayev twice. According to the opinion in Avara, lechalik yatsas, it's as if the Torah said you cannot do this and you cannot do that. There might be another opinion raised in the Mechilta that I might have thought that a person. <coughs> would not be chayev Shabbat, be chayev on Shabbos unless he did all the thirty nine malachas. In the Rishonim, we have this possibility raised, and of course, it's rejected at the end. But even the possibility of entertaining such a thing seems strange. But that does seem to be what the Mechilta here says. The Mechilta says, "Lefisha Neamar vayakel Moshe." You might have thought that you're not chayef unless you do all the malachas. But then the Torah says, It seems to be that you have to do at least two. And he says, but if that's true, would you be chayef for one? Yes. 
Lotavaru comes to tell me that even for one Yechayev. This Havamina seems very strange, but this opinion, L'chalek Yatzas, comes to teach me that each Malacha is separate. This might have another ramification for the law of Hasra. We know that when you admonish a person, the two witnesses who, who view a person See, who doesn't have error have to give him hasra or proper warning, admonishment, not to do the milacha. A person cannot be punished in this earth, in the court, unless he didn't have error, which has hasra, which has this warning in it. What do the witnesses have to say? It's not sufficient for them to say, don't do this. They have to say what the Easter is. They have to mention that you're doing an Avera. For, a person, for example, if a person is about to eat a cheeseburger, the two witnesses would have to say, don't, don't eat that. If they would just say, don't eat it, it's, no, it's not good, that would not be considered Asura. They would have to say, don't eat it, because it's Asura to eat a cheeseburger. The Torah said, and it means not to eat a cheeseburger. So for Shabbos, what would a person have to, have to give Asura? Would you have to say to the person, you can't do that because it's Chil Shabbos, and the Torah says you can't, you must keep Shabbos, you can't be Michal Shabbos, so do you have to tell him, no, the Torah said, for example, don't write, and this is, what you're doing is writing. The Torah says, read, on Shabbos, Tafkuf Lametes, says that according to the person who says, Havar Lilchalek Yatzas, it's as if the Torah actually said 39 different Isurim, and therefore you would theoretically have to give Hasra and mention the Isur. All these opinions that I've said refer to the Mechilta of Lot Varuesh, which I've covered very briefly. But I'd like to explain a little more deeply the last opinion of the Mechilta, not in order of the Mechilta, but the last opinion that we're going to choose, that Lot Varuesh, I might have thought that you should impose the death penalty on Shabbos as well. A person who's high of Sreifa, in a case where a person didn't have Eira, and he gets Misas Bezdin. The Misas Bezdin involves Sreifa, burning. So I might have thought the same way you're allowed to do God's wishes on Shabbos in the Beis HaMikdash, we're allowed to burn fire in the Beis HaMikdash. Perhaps you would have thought there is a, a real halacha uviarta harami kebecha. We should wipe out the evil from our midst. And therefore, perhaps we should impose this death penalty even on Shabbos. So the Mechilta says, Sreifa Bichlalaisa. The Isur, the prohibition against burning, is one of the Isurim of Shabbos. I know it's Asur. Ma Sreifa, she achas mi Mrs. Bezdin, ain't a dochas a Shabbos. Av kol Mrs. Bezdin, lo yitchus a Shabbos. We learn from here that not only are you not allowed to burn someone on Shabbos, there's no need to tell me that. Because Havar is a love. But therefore, the Mechilta says every punishment is Asur on Shabbos. What does it mean, every punishment? So, interestingly enough, the Rambam in Sefer HaMitzvahs, Mitzvah Shin Chav Beis, says, Shehiziranu me'anosh ha'gedarim ha'lachotaim u'la'avir ha'dinim b'yom ha'shabbos. There's a separate love, and it's interesting, the Rambam says it's a separate love. It's not connected to the general Easter of Shabbos, but there's a special love, namely, to impose punishments on sinners, to impose the laws on Shabbos. Lo tevaru eish b'chomo shvatichem b'yom ha-shabbat. 
and he adds, it's not only Sreifa, but it's every other Misa. You might have thought that Sreifa is Asur, so there are four Misas Bezdin, there are four types of death penalty. One would be, for example, Sreifa. So I can understand Sreifa is Asur on Shabbos, and therefore you cannot punish someone with a death penalty of burning on Shabbos. But perhaps, let's say, Chenek, a type of a choking uh, death, perhaps you could do on Shabbos. He says, no, we learn from here the same way you're not allowed to put someone to death by fire on Shabbos, you're not allowed to put somebody to death by any other punishment as well. Now, you, you still might argue and say, what about other types of punishment? So the Rambam in the, in the Halacha, the Rambam amplifies his own statement. The Rambam says in Sefer HaMitzvahs, not only are you not allowed to put someone to death on Shabbos, not only are you now to put somebody to death either by fire or anything else, but the Rambam says in Hilchos Shabbos, and it's interesting to find that the law is, is found in Hilchos Shabbos, the Rambam says that you're not allowed even to give somebody Malkas on Shabbos. The Rambam is found in Hilcha Shabbos, Perik Chav Dalid, Halacha Zayim. And the Rambam says, even Malkus. And now the question is, why can you not give Malkus on Shabbos? So, it's possible to say that the reason you can't give Malkus on Shabbos is because lashes per se might not involve Chil Shabbos. But when you lash someone, you might, and it seems pretty possible, that you might cut him, you might inflict a wound, which would be chovel. When you hurt someone, cut someone in such a way that blood flows on Shabbos, that's considered chovel, and chovel is an Easter of Shabbos. It's one of the Easterim of Shabbos to do chovel. So one might have thought that you're not allowed to give malkos because of chovel. In fact, the Magin Avram in Simon Shin Lamites, in his commentary in the Shulchan Aruch, the, the Magin Avram sort of asks it as a question. Why is inflicting Makos Asr and Shabbos? There's no Chil Shabbos in giving Malkos generally. And he said, or it was suggested, that perhaps the reason you can't give Malkos is indeed because of the Chil Shabbos. And we also pointed out that the Ramam is found in the concept of Hilcha Shabbos. However, the Minchas Chinuch, in Mitzvah Kuf Yudalit, asks the question, if this would be true, then there need not be a separate Easter. There's a general law that you can't do Malach on Shabbos. The Torah here said, Lo and if we would interpret like we suggested, the Torah said, not only are you not allowed to punish someone with Misas Bezdin, you're not allowed to punish someone with any, with any punishment that could engender Chil Shabbos. If that would be true, then this really would be part of the law of Malachon Shabbos. Malachon Shabbos is forbidden. Any action of Bezdin which could create Chil Shabbos would be Yasser. In the Sefer Mitzvahs, I would not be able to understand why the Rambam would count as, count as a separate Easter. Apparently, the Rambam thought 
that there is an Isser not just because of Chil Shabbos, Shabbos itself is a day where no punishment should be inflicted. Not because of the Chil Shabbos, which might be inherent in that type of punishment, but punishment on Shabbos, Anisha B'Shabbos, punishment on Shabbos is forbidden per se, because one might not, may not be punished on Shabbos. What would be the reason for that? So, if we look in the Sefer HaChinuch, on that mitzvah that the Minchas Chinuch raised the issue, mitzvah Kuf Yudalit, the Sefer HaChinuch has a phrase that I think is important to bring to light in, to, in, con, in the concept of what Shabbos means, in the concept of our relationship to people who are guilty of Averos and require punishment. And the Chinuch says, I want this day to be honored, to be dignified. That everyone should find the Shabbos to be a day of rest. Even people who are sinners and people who are culpable, who are required to be punished. And the Chinuch goes on, Mashal he gives an example of a king who invited everyone to a party. On that day, the king opens the gates. The gates are wide open. Everybody come in. I invited everybody to my party. Tomorrow, after the festivities, then judgment will be imposed upon those who need judgment. Therefore, Onesh B'Shabbos, no, Shabbos is a day of, of rest. We leave alone even the sinners, even the, those that need to be punished, that require punishment. Today is a day of rest. Bezdin rests, the Chotim rests, everybody rests. Tomorrow, we will reapprise ourselves of the situation. We'll see what to do. The question, of course, is what is to be defined as punishment? The Rambam in the Sefer HaMitzvahs used death penalties. Okay. The Rambam in the Sefer Mishnah Torah in his amplification of in Hilcha Shabbos, the Rambam said Malkos as well. What about other punishments? The Avnei Nezer in Orachayim, Simon Memvav, said that even putting a person in Cherem would be a type of punishment that's Usr even on Shabbos. Chere means that they would make some sort of a, a public ban on someone and say, for example, that he cannot come into our shul, people should not be near him, he will not get an aliyah. And this is imposed in cases where the Bezdin of that generation think that it's important to put a person in Chere. Now, this certainly does not involve Chil Shabbos in any way. There's no malacha that's involved in doing such a thing. You just make a public declaration that a person is to be excommunicated. The Sefer HaChinuch says this too is a concept of lo tevaru eish, not to punish someone. A person therefore could raise the issue, for example, could you put a person into, into jail on Shabbos? A person, for example, who the police uh, found that he was uh, speeding on Shabbos. 
person who is Michal Shabbos in today's generation, where he did some traffic offense or whatever, I don't want to go into the details of what offense a person could do that the police today would find it legal or perhaps uh, required to put a person in jail. Would you be allowed to put a person in jail on Shabbos? Would that be considered Anisha? The Shiboli Haleket discusses that it might be forbidden. The Shiboli Haleket on Shabbos, Simon Samech, really suggests that it might be Yasser. Other people have suggested that putting a person on Shabbos in jail, locking him up, might have other problems of Tzedah. Uh, there's an Easter of hunting someone. Hunting an animal, running after it, obviously is not to be done on Shabbos. But Tzedah is only when you actually put the animal into some sort of captivity. So if you would put up an animal into a cage and lock the cage, or even if you take and put an animal into your house and lock the door of your house that he can't go out, that might be considered Tzeda, of an animal that had not been captured before Shabbos, was not considered captured. And you put it into the house on Shabbos, that might be considered captured Tzeda. And therefore there was a discussion if you can put a person in jail on Shabbos because of Tzeda. That question is a different question. I'm just suggesting that even putting a person in jail would perhaps be forbidden because of the Easter of Lotavaruhabat. Of course, I'm not recur- referring to a case where putting the person in jail would uh, be important to uh, prevent uh, further crime or when the person is not a danger to society. In such a case, of course, you would be allowed to put a person in jail. The uh, the primigadim raised also another issue when we discuss what is considered punishment, so malkos are obviously considered a punishment. So we really suggest that there are two reasons why you might not give a person malkos on Shabbos. To punish a person with lashes on Shabbos might be included in the Easter of Lot of Aruesh because any punishment is also on Shabbos. It might be forbidden because giving the lashes might create a chavala, a wound, which would be also on Shabbos. The Bimigadim said... There's an interesting case. We believe theoretically, and again I emphasize this as a theoretical discussion only, we believe in that in mandatory force to cause a person to do a mitzvah. If the situation were such that we could enforce the law of kofimoto achiomarotsani, that sometimes we force people to do a mitzvah. The Gemara, for example, in Ksubas and Pevav, says that by a person who says, I don't want to take a lulav, I don't want to sit in a sukkah, kofimoto, makimoto. We would eat, we would try to coerce the person to do the mitzvah. In fact, we would be allowed to give him lashes to coerce a person to do the mitzvah. The Primagodim raised the issue, would we be allowed to do this on Shabbos? I mean, theoretically, a person says, I'm not going to make Kiddush. Could we say, no, you could give him makos? The Primagodim said, those makos, would we look at them as a punishment? Because the person doesn't want to be, to make, to do a mitzvah, therefore we punish him by giving him makos? If that would be true, then you'd not be allowed to do it on Shabbos because of Lot of Aruesh. 
perhaps this is not considered a punishment, just considered a method of coercion. And then the Prima Godim said it might be permitted on Shabbos. Of course, we added it would only be permitted on Shabbos if there would be no Chavala involved, if there would be no wound involved. If there's a wound, it probably would be Aser anyway because of making wounds on Shabbos. The Shiur today has discussed the Easter of Lotavaru Eish and if there are there any specific laws of Eish on Shabbos. So we've mentioned a number of opinions in the Mechilta. Is there indeed a separate Isur of Lotavaru Eish? The two opinions that would really say there's a separate Isur would be the one that says on Shabbos there is no Isur Malacha of Havara. It's not an Isur that you'd chayev Mises Bezdin, it would only be a lav. And of course, we do not paskin that way. We paskin Havara Lechalek Yotzes. Havara is one of the 39 Melachas, and you're allowed, of course, to do it in the Beis HaMikdash when necessary. And of course, you're chayev Misa if you do any one of the Melachas. But the, therefore, the only Halacha that we learn today that has a practical ramification for us is that all punishments are Asur and Shabbos as well. This might have ramifications even in our generation where, according to some opinions, putting a person in cheyrem or any type of punishment whatsoever, even perhaps putting him in jail, might be considered an isr of lotavaru eish b'chamosh v'aseichem b'yam Shabbos. Shabbos ultimately is a day of rest. And we pointed out it's a day of rest for everyone, for the bezdin, for the sinners as well. After Shabbat, we can re- learn the situation and apply the necessary laws.